Keystone Sports Network. Hello and welcome to the obligatory Keystone Crossover Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Chris Bucanani. Chris, I always say it's a great day to talk Penn State football. This week even more so because it's blue-white week. How about it? We are, baby. First real blue-white game since 2019. I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for all y'all listening to if you can make the trip, come on up here to Happy Valley, stay an extra day, spend some money here. We're still getting up off the mat after coronavirus. We'd love to see you, and we'd love to have you in, in, in every sense of the word. How about that? All right. Well, you can hey, interpret that however you like, weeks. folks out there in the listening <laughs> audience. But we love you here in Happy Valley. Come visit us often. The last couple of weeks, we've been doing our lists of, you know, pl- favorite players, favorite moments. And I just got, if you have not listened to those, please go back and listen to them. Chris did a fantastic job on them. This week, it's Blue White Week. So we got to talk about that. I want to preview that game from your perspective, Chris. You talked about being excited. My first question is the level of excitement you have for the game. And let me give you a gauge here. 10 is a whiteout game, all right? Mm -hmm. Big game, whiteout game, undefeated Penn State, undefeated Ohio State. A one is, let's say, Kansas versus Toledo in November in a freezing rain, okay? So where on that level, 1 to 10, is your excitement for blue-white game? I'm going to adjust your scale because, to me personally, Kansas versus Toledo in the freezing rain actually holds some appeal. So let's let's make one like <laughs> – So an, you're the one. Yeah, let, let's, make, let's make a one like an NHL preseason game, okay? Like the, the, the farthest you can get from being an actual sport while still being sport, right? So, okay. I'm going to say now you're asking my anticipation for the for the game, the actual blue white game. How about for the weekend? Oh, for the I'll, weekend, I'll make let's little, make it a, I'll make it a little broader. Let's make it a 7 for the weekend. The game is like a a, a 2. Okay, it's like a one and a half two. The blue white game itself, the actual game is far and away the worst part of blue white weekend. It's Interesting for about 30 seconds. Maybe there is a tad more intrigue this year because we can expect to see the early enrollee true freshman quarterbacks. Even that, I think, is of a very, very limited utility, and it gets boring very fast. But everything else about it, I love. As I said on one of the previous crossovers, it's a top-five holiday for me, Blue-White Saturday. And this is the first one as I mentioned, in nearly three years. So I'm stoked for that. So am I, and I think that is the nature of the reaction from most Penn State fans. It's an opportunity to get back to State College. And and there may be people who haven't been there in a while because of everything going on. It's a chance to tailgate again. It's a chance to walk downtown. Those are the things that I look forward to. And, you know, I... I admit it, I've done it already where I've come in for the blue-white game, been tailgating, fully anticipating walking in to watch the game, but I just never get there. The tailgate is too good to walk in and watch lousy football game. Yep, been there. (laughs) I think most of us have. Let's talk about, 
if you do wander into the stadium, okay, if you do get there, what is it you're looking for in the game? Yeah, it's that—that it, it, that is a truly loaded question because I'm trying to come up with an intelligent, non-generic answer, and I, I don't want to be honest, though I guess I should be, which, I mean, the real answer is nothing. I, I truly, Jim, I am not expecting anything out of this game for, for a variety of reasons. First of all, I think the way coaches nationwide have approached spring games has changed a lot over the years because there is – greater and greater sensitivity to the potential for a player to get injured to not want to give away anything you know I always laugh about how psychotically paranoid football coaches are they're you know they're always afraid like oh I I don't want to give the opponent anything to work off of and so these games are so bland anodyne affairs I I guess the the simple answer is it will be nice after hearing so much about Drew Aller and, and Bo Prabula to see those guys sling the ball in a Penn State uniform in uh, as close as we're going to get to a live fire environment before the fall inside Beaver Stadium. That's interesting, right? You're you're nuts if you're not at least mildly curious as to what that's going to be like. Other than that. I suppose the other things I will look for, me personally, what does the rotation look like at linebacker and corner and safety? Some places where I think we can maybe expect to see some positional battles. I am am very, very interested in how the, um, uh, again, the linebacking uh, trio shakes out and who's on the field with whom, and who's on the field first, and uh, how the, the, the Reed-Wheatley competition to start at safety uh, opposite Jair Brown, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch because we've heard a lot about Zaki Wheatley, Wheatley uh, just really flashing in spring camp, and, and is the coaching staff just going to be forced to find some ways to get him on the field, maybe play him as a nickelback or something like that? He, he did kind of come in as a corner who shifted to safety, which I think is smart. I think that's, that's going to be a place where he can find a lot of success. But I guess I will look for that. And just can, can we show any signs of life in the run game? Kevon Lee has been talking a lot uh, this past week. And really trying to hype the fan base up on heightening our expectations for the run game. And so, again, you can only take so much from the blue-white game. I just want to see some sparks. You know, Mike the Mailman and I got to go to the fake blue-white game last year. There were two closed practices. We got into the second one. And I will tell you, I, I did actually learn some things from that. Uh, number one, I knew we were in tremendous trouble if Sean Clifford got hurt. And there were other things, little bits and pieces, nuggets of gold you could mine out of the, you know, out of the experience of 45 minutes we got to see watching the team. So I'm sure there will be some moments like that on Saturday. But, you know, I always say I've gone to most of the blue-white games over the last 30 years. And I can tell you out of all those experiences, I pulled three things that had any kind of meaningful connection to the season that was to come out of all of those games. 
And all three of them had to do with the quarterback position. One of them, as I just mentioned, was the lack of depth behind Sean Clifford last year, and that wasn't even a real blue-white game. And then the other two were the debuts of Michael Robinson and Trace McSorley as presumptive starters. A lot of questions around both of them heading into the season about how they were going to look as a full-time starter at quarterback. And the performances of both of those guys, Michael Robinson had a really sloppy day. I think the game actually ended up getting called before the end of the fourth quarter because the weather was so bad, which fortunately it, looks, fortunately it looks like is not going to be the case here this weekend, despite the like, two inches of snow we had on Sunday into Monday. And at the conclusion of those two blue-white games, 2005-2016, I walked away thinking, oh, you know what? We might actually be okay. These guys might be a little bit better than we were fearing they might be. So there was, that's 30, 30 years worth of uh, blue-white games, Jim, and, and averaging about one useful nugget of intel per decade. So my <laughs> expectations are extraordinarily low. Well, those were very specific things at the quarterback position, which is a new quarterback taking over. And you would think in the blue-white game, that's an opportunity in front of a crowd at Beaver Stadium, give the guy a lot of reps, get him conditioned to it. We obviously aren't going to have that. I mean, if Sean Clifford even gets onto the field, it will be about the 138th time he's taken the field at Beaver Stadium in front of a crowd. Over-under on Sean Clifford drives, one and a half. What do you got? Under. I'm going to take the over. I think he gets two. James Franklin loves to keep his quarterback in the game too long. (laughs) Well, the logic, if I were the coach, is this is still, you know, Sean Clifford learning Mike Yurcich's offense. 100%. I keep him out there for several series if it were up to me, but I'm kind of reading. I I almost feel like James Franklin may not want to see anything bad happen, (laughs) you know, like he gets – Uh, although I'm sure they won't be allowed to sack him, but still a breakdown in the offensive line, and you have two guys, defenders, meeting him in in the back, in the backfield. Uh, So it then becomes, for me, do any of the young guys show something? And I suspect Christian Vayu will be the backup. So everything I said about a new starter should be true about Christian Vayu. I if he's the presumptive number two, I want to get him as many snaps as possible under at least whatever pressure there is in performing in front of a fan base, you know. So I suspect would see a pretty lot from him. And then the other two, it'll just be you look for a flash, you know. Might we see something from Drew Aller that shows us that big arm he has? Mm-hmm. Might we see something from Bo Perbola that shows a little bit his creativity in the backfield? The other thing, and you alluded to it a little bit, was seeing something of a running game. I'm not sure Kevon Lee can do anything, especially in the blue-white game, that's going to bowl me over. I want to see Nick Singleton. Sure. I want to see something from him and and Catron Allen also the new guys mm-hmm. do they give them enough reps to you know show something do they uh, 
or do we get to the walk-on running back who I was going to ask you the odds on who the blue-white game would be MVP, the over-under on it being an obscure walk-on running back, which seems to be the case for most blue-white games. For sure, right? yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I am not prepared to, to go that deep into the depth chart. I'm sure there is somebody who sits below Tank Smith in the pecking order, so I guess I'm just going to pick that guy. The uh, the 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 Nick Yuri Award for um, you know deep depth Penn State running back to emerge in the blue white game. So yeah, I I, I don't really I, I couldn't tell you. Go 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 look up the depth chart. Fi- find Tank Smith's name. Look below him, and it'll be that guy. Well, I wanted to declare Tank the favorite, except I wasn't sure if he was still on the roster or not. As, he... as far as I know, he is. Yeah, and I mean, again, like I think I, t- Tank's too high in the pecking order, Jim, to 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 uh, to be the 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 blue white MVP. I, and again, to your point about the running game, yeah, it'll be great to see these guys average more than three yards a carry if they can manage it. But then what's going to happen? You're not going to feel great about the O-line or the running backs. You're going to feel bad about the front seven if that happens. And so yeah, you can well, just only take so much from these things. And another factor that has, in my view, even further diminished the value of the spring game as an indicator of what's to come in the fall is that the roster is going to look, you know, potentially very different until we get to the end of summer camp because of the arrival of transfer transfer portal guys we know are going to be part of the roster. And speaking of the transfer portal, I guess getting a chance to see Mitchell Tinsley for the first time, that that's another thing I didn't think of. But that is actually something concrete you can hold on to and say, that guy's going to get to go out and run some routes and catch some passes. It'll be fun to see what he looks like in blue and white, repping the number five after Jahan Dotson, who is looking more and more like he could be a, a Thursday night pick in the NFL draft. That's exciting. And I, there's going to be a whole new round of transfer. You talked about is, is Christian Veyu going to be the backup going into the fall? I'm not even sure he's going to be on the roster. So after spring practice concludes, there's going to be more turnover on Penn State's roster, and there's going to be turnover on rosters all over the country, which means the staff's probably not done adding talent via the transfer portal who will impact this season. So again, come for the return to Happy Valley, come for the return to normalcy, come for the tailgating, for the friends and family, for the chance to be back inside the beeve, and the last hint of football you were going to get for another four or five months. But if you were coming here to learn about the 2022 Nittany Lions, let me disabuse you of those notions right now. The thing is, when you look, though, my, my take on this kind of game is, I'm looking for individuals. Give me some flash. Give me something to, you know, Mitchell Tinsley only has to make one catch. But if it's an exciting play, I'm going to say, there we go. He's something special. Nick Singleton, give me one play to show me that that hope is there, that this is the guy. So it's all, to me, it's all about the individuals. The one guy on the defensive line I'm looking forward to seeing is Zane Durant. They've been talking about this guy so much. I just want to see a flash. Just a play or two that you could hope on 
for the next couple years with with this guy. Sure. And as as far as your point about with the transfer portal, that that's going to be also interesting. And I think almost in the the depth chart is what it is, no matter how they play choose to play guys here in the blue white game. But we might get some kind of hint, you know, uh, Devin Ford. Do they do anything with him? Does he play at all? Mm-hmm. And him not playing, though, might just be, hey, here's a guy who's been here five years. We know what he's about. We need to find out about some of the other guys. Yep. Or, or do they use him the way some of us suspect? Maybe he becomes a third down back, and that tells us something about maybe they do have some plans for him. So those are the ways I'm going to look at individual players and see if there's any message in there. Um, as far as the, you know, Christian Vayu, you bring up the point with quarterbacks, I don't think there's going to be, or I hope not, a transfer yet among the quarterbacks. Uh, and if Vayu were to transfer, maybe the message there is, holy cow, these freshmen are really good, the true freshmen, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe that's why he's choosing another path. So as much as it may seem like bad news, and this is probably wrong of us to even use conjecture about that kind of thing at this point, but I no, I don't think so, Jim. I I have heard the conversation had pretty widely amongst fans and media speculating about what the quarterback depth chart is going to look like by the time we get to the fall, and the way college football is right now, I think it's almost a minor upset if we get to the opener against Purdue with all four of these guys still on the roster. I'm not saying I I don't have any kind of inside intel or anything. It's just the direction of the sport. It's hard to imagine that a kid like Veyu is going to look at the lay of the land and not entertain some offers to go elsewhere. So I hope we can hold on to him for sure, but I'm not expecting to, truly. Well, I, I guess I look at it like this year I think they will stay. Next spring will be the will tell the tale. Will Vayu I think Vayu will be the backup just based on experience and having been around. I think come next spring when it's an open competition and who ends up losing that competition in now, spring of 23 blue white game could be very interesting okay yes that that's my take that's my take on that's our early my early 2023 blue white game preview but i i think they'll all be around for the fall we'll see how things go and the one um just little nugget and again small nugget but i've been hearing good things about vayu and you know, is it a case where because he's been there, had the experience, had a start, which was successful, might he be the guy? Let's face it, we found out last year not having a backup who was prepared to play, what that can do to your team. Mm-hmm. Is Vayu the best bet come fall of 22 to be the next guy up? So. That's why I think he'll stick around, Chris. That's possible. Before we go, Jim, I, I do I have thought of a yeah. couple other specifics I want to throw out to the audience. If you if you do want some football stuff to look for in the blue white game, I'll give you a couple of things real quick. I mentioned the linebacking core. I think two guys to watch for. I'll give you their numbers so you can pick them out if you're in the stadium. And that's Tyler Elsden, number forty three 
in Kobe King, number 41. Pay attention to when 43 and 41 get on the field. I don't know that they're going to be on the field together. That'll be interesting to find out how we're going to use them. Watch how they play in space. Both of those guys are going to be in contention for snaps. If Elston doesn't do it this year, I don't know that he's going to do it. We've heard a lot about the King brothers, uh, Kobe's brother, uh, Kalen, number four, the corner. A lot is going to be expected of him. Watch number four in coverage. And then after the presumptive starting trio of wide receivers. So Tinsley, Parker Washington, and Keandre Lambert-Smith, who I will be very surprised if those guys are not top three in the pecking order in terms of who gets out on the field most often. Just watch who else is rolling out there at wide receiver and when, what kind of routes they're running, how, how soon they get on the field. Malik Mega, number 80, big kid, a lot of promise, very intriguing. Going to be interesting to see what he does. Some of the younger kids like uh, uh, Liam Clifford, uh, who is wearing number 82, Jaden Dotton, number 19, and then some of the freshmen, Harrison Wallace, Caden Saunders, both those guys, 85 and number 85 and number seven. If you can glean anything from this game, it may just be behind the established starters or in places where there are voids because guys have moved on to the NFL. Who is ahead of the race for reps coming out of the spring? Those are a couple interesting positions to me that are going to be crucial come fall. Who's the next man up? All right, Chris, that is it for the show. You and I hopefully will get together this weekend. I look forward to seeing you then. Looking forward to hopefully some good weather. That is it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next week on the obligatory Keystone Crossover Show. Keystone Sports Network. 